Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. And the garden is where we're starting off this week. I'm sat in the veg garden at the moment just looking across at my lovely, lovely garden that is just producing so much food at the moment. We've got courgettes, cucumbers, peas, tomatoes, aubergines, chilies soft fruit like raspberries and strawberries it's all producing amazingly well and we're not forgetting the salad leaves and the rocket leaves and the mustard leaves in that as well it's a lot of food that we are able to get i tend to come out into the garden as you know in the morning i do a bit of weeding now i have noticed lately that the weeds have been growing like mad as well the warm wet weather is what's helping them to grow on Now, I bring up weeds because I use all these weeds that go into my compost bin to turn into that really crucial ingredient of compost. And I'm thinking in the future, I really, and I've said this before, I really need to make a lot more compost. And I'm looking at ways that I can go about doing that. It's something we might discuss in the future. But one of the things that I'm particularly thinking of is that over the winter is when I like to do a lot of my infrastructure jobs. Basically things like building beds, building structures, you know, all the things that we would normally like to do in the spring. But I find the spring is such a busy time. I want to do it in the winter when it's quieter. So I am currently thinking that in front of the raspberries, where I've currently got the straw bale garden and the no wooden sided bed, I am thinking of building six one by one meter beds in front of those i'm hoping by making them smaller than the four beds they should just look a little bit more attractive i'm hoping to make these out of railway sleepers which should make them stronger and again attractive at the same time i'm no good when it comes to making things look good i've got idea in my height i call myself an engineer gardener and what i mean by that is i make things that are practical i want them to produce food but to make things look good is always a struggle of mine I certainly would not call myself a garden designer but the idea of these beds I think just by making them a little bit smaller but more of them should make them just a little bit more attractive I've got to admit I've mentioned the bed with no wooden sides in the straw bale garden the bed with wooden sides has got tomatoes which tomatoes are actually grown very very well in it I'm just not liking not having wooden sides for me I've just found it easier to have wooden sides so that I can keep the grass tidy around the sides but the straw bale garden for me has been an epic failure I'll be honest nothing really has grown we've got tomatoes and a few things in there but nothing spectacular and the compost is definitely moist it's got plenty of fertilizer in it it just has been what I call a spectacular failure so we won't be doing a straw bale garden again I might try once in again in the future but for me it just doesn't seem to have worked how well I liked however these straw bales might be able to decompose down and produce plenty of compost so that might be a byproduct that works out nicely now i mentioned that this warm wet weather seems to be bringing on a lot of weeds lately and i've certainly noticed in our driveway garden i've got all my edible crops in pots out in the front driveway garden but of course in between the paving stabs or the shingle pebbles that we have out there weeds do have a tendency to grow and it is difficult to try and keep on top of those weeds i pull them out when i can but lately it seems like a never-ending battle 
I don't like to use any sort of weed killer, especially out in the front garden, and I don't like to use anything that is unnatural or might that hurt my dog, hurt my chickens, hurt myself. For me, it's organic all the way. And the only way to do it seems to be either pulling them out or occasionally, when I've made a cup of coffee, I would use that hot water in the kettle to pour over the weeds. It takes a long time to do a large area, however. So it doesn't always work, but it seems to be a way that I am going to be tracking this front driveway gun a bit more in the future. It's always in the shingles that these weeds seem to grow, and we've even got some of the mare's tail seems to be popping up as well, which is a bit of a nightmare and something we really do need to get rid of pretty soon. Now, I've also been sowing a few seeds. We've been sowing a few more Swiss chard. Basically, I had a load of Swiss chard seeds left over, and I just threw loads and loads into some plug plants to get them started. I quite enjoy Swiss chard, I'll be honest with you. It's one of those crops that I feel looks great in the garden because it's very architectural with vibrant colours, but it's also very tasty and very flavourful. So I've grown quite a few of those, and we'll probably, if they all germinate... They probably won't, we'll, but we'll use a lot of those in the garden here at home and down on the allotment. We can always use the Swiss chard to feed the chickens and quails as well. So again, nothing gets wasted, which is a theme that runs right throughout our garden here. Nothing does get wasted. But other seeds that we have also sown, we've sown some cabbages, we've sown some more kale, we've sown some cauliflowers, and we've sown some more lettuces and some radishes. Always trying to keep the seeds going. There's still plenty of time. The season is nowhere near over yet, and I think it is a good time to keep sowing all these plants to keep us going. Not just for the winter, but also for the rest of this season, and maybe even into spring as well. Now, one of the downsides that has happened in this garden is I've noticed we've been getting a few pests and diseases. And that's what I'm going to talk about in just a moment. But first, let's find out what's been happening in the Supporters Club this week. This week in the Veg Grower Podcast Supporters Club, we have been sowing chard. Now, chard is one of the six seeds sent out this month. And the Supporters Club is how we are able to keep the Veg Grower Podcast going. Club members receive a collection of seeds each month that can be sown that very month, along with extra behind-the-scenes podcasts that cover how to grow these seeds. And this is all for just £5 a month. And if that's something you would really like to do, I really appreciate everyone that becomes a supporter. Head to thevegrowpodcast.co.uk to sign up and become a member. Remember, by supporting this podcast, you help it grow and develop and keep going and encourage more people to grow their own food, which is what we aim for. Right, let's find out about these pests and diseases that I need to deal with. Now, while I usually don't suffer from many pests or disease problems in the past, certainly, this week I have noticed a few pop up here at home. Not down the allotment, the allotment has actually been pretty pest and disease free, but here at home we have had a few pop up. First one that I'm going to mention is my peach tree, and this is suffering from peach leaf curl. Now peach leaf curl is a fungal disease that affects peach and nectarine trees, and what it does is the leaves develop like a pink blotch and start to curl up. It's really annoying, it's really unattractive, and it can kill off the tree. So it's not something that we really want to see. 
It's very unusual to see at this time of year. And it usually comes in on the rain. So with all the rain that we've had, that's probably why we're suffering from it. Now all I've got to do now is just pick off all the infected leaves and burn those. Going to take a bit of time. There's a few that are infected and it seems to be getting worse. So I have to do it quite regularly. Now what I usually do to avoid this is have my peach tree. It is in a pot. It is a dwarf peach tree. It goes in the greenhouse from November to May and usually that avoids any problems with it. So that's the peach tree. Let's head over to the courgettes where I've noticed we've got another problem and that is powdery mildew on the courgette leaves. Now powdery mildew is a very common fungal disease. It is one that I actually do suffer from from time to time but not normally as bad as it is at the moment. Now it's usually due to poor ventilation but you know they're outside they've got plenty of space and I've still got it. Now what it says it appears as a white powdery substance on the leaves so what I'm doing with these leaves is I'm just picking off again cutting off the affected leaves so as to deal with those and again those leaves will be burnt. One tip that people do suggest, I've not done this myself and I know it's not recommended purely because it is not recognised officially, but some gardeners they will use a milk spray as a natural treatment for powdery mildew. So they will put 30% milk with 70% water into a spray bottle and just spray it all over the leaves, over and under. Milk is a natural fungicide, as I understand it, and that is meant to lead to the natural treatment of powdery mildew. But, as I said, I've not done that myself. It might be a good time to do this, actually, and give it a try. So that might be something we'll do, and I'll let you know how we get on with that in the future. Now, the next major problem that I've noticed, and this is the one that's really brought it home to me, is on my Brussels sprouts. I've realised I've got loads of caterpillars munching on my Brussels sprouts. Now this is a very, very rare problem for me here. I don't like to use nets over my brassicas. I did down on the allotment for a bit, but I find nets get in the way. So I prefer them to be in open and just allowed let nature in. And usually wild birds, the thrushes, would take care of these caterpillars. But this year doesn't seem to have happened. And there's a lot of caterpillars on these cabbages. Now these caterpillars are from the cabbage white butterfly so clearly what's happened is the cabbage white butterfly has come along and laid their eggs and they have hatched into these caterpillars. So while I've obviously not been doing it, I've not been checking on these plants well enough and squishing any eggs beforehand and then these caterpillars have developed and grown. So what I now have got to do is regularly go across these brassicas with a bowl and pick off any caterpillars that I see and give them to the chickens. That's a, a, a my way of dealing with this. Again, I don't like to use any pesticides. I don't like to use anything like that. But we would hope that eventually the birds are going to come down and eat these as well. I've got to admit, I haven't seen many birds in the last couple of weeks. Before that, we did see quite a few. I don't know what is really going on. Now, another interesting thing that I've noticed with these is that they are only on my 
Brussels sprout plants. All my other plants, my cabbages and my cauliflowers, don't seem to be affected. So that's a very unusual comment that I have noticed, and I'm not quite sure why. Now again, to stop this in the future, netting would be the answer. But I, like I said, I don't like nets. I just find them, they get in the way, they don't look very attractive, and just a bit of a pain. So what I'm going to do in the future is obviously crop rotation, good garden hygiene and check over these plants much better in the future to make sure we get no eggs. Now as I was preparing for tonight's podcast one of my listeners asked a question in the Facebook group about how to deal with allium leaf miners. Now allium leaf miners are small flies that lay eggs on allium plants and again the larvae of those can cause problems. They do a lot of damage to our plants and it's not something that we really want and it can be an ongoing issue. Now, how do we deal with allium leaf miner? There is no specific treatments available for this pest anymore. It's really a pain to deal with. But what we could do in the future, because the eggs might survive in the soil, what we have to think about doing, if we want to grow any more of these alliums, we may have to grow them in pots, but also net them to stop any allium leaf flies getting back in there. Now, I know I've just said I don't like netting, and I don't. I really don't. But sometimes there is no other choice. Now, if anybody does have any other tips on how to deal with Allium Leaf Miner, then please do let us know in the comments for this show. Or alternatively, head to our Facebook group and let us know there. One of the other problems I often hear about is carrot root fly. Now, carrot root fly is very similar to allium leaf miner in that the carrots flies, they lay their eggs in the carrots, which then bore into the carrots and destroy the roots. It's really, really annoying. It's quite a common problem. Now, one of the best ways I've found to avoid carrot root fly is to grow your carrots up high. Carrot root fly don't like to fly that high above the ground. And I find that if you can get them about a metre high, they may need to be in pots, but if you can get them that high, you will not get any problems with carrot root fly. Now, if you can't do that, you might want to net once again, but you need a really fine net. But netting the carrots does help. And in harvest in the early morning or late evening and give them a good water straight after. Carrot root fly smells out the carrots when you harvest them and is attracted by that. So there we go. That is some of the pests and diseases that we're struggling here at the VegGrow podcast and also from what I've heard from some other people. But if anybody else has any other problems that they know of, then please do get in touch and we will work together try and solve it the best tip that i do have though is early detection and proactive measures can go a long way in preventing it now moving on we've got another delicious recipe from scott hi it's scott here with this week's recipe french peas or peas in the french style like most people that grow their own my peas rarely make it off my allotment never mind making it to the kitchen and for good reason i think because they are so fresh and sweet I don't want to do anything to them that will spoil that. But this classic French dish of lightly braised peas with bacon, spring onions and lettuce is an exception to that rule, as this recipe highlights the fresh sweetness of the peas. It might seem a little strange to be cooking with lettuce, 
but cooking the lettuce brings out a wonderful sweetness and something I recommend doing if you haven't tried it before. I love recipes that only really work if you grow your own and this is certainly one of those dishes. You want to make it immediately after picking the peas before the sugars start turning to starch. This side dish pairs well with a wide variety of meat and fish like roast chicken, duck or lamb and great with halibut, cod or salmon. It's super simple to make and ready in minutes and will serve four to six people. And so to the ingredients and method. You will need 500 grams of potted peas, 180 grams of sliced lettuce. You want to use a type of lettuce that develops a tight heart. So a gem or a cost lettuce is perfect for this. Four spring onions sliced, 150 grams of streaky bacon cut into lardons, one sprig of mint finely sliced, 40 grams of butter and 250 ml of water. Start by adding a splash of olive oil to a saucepan on a medium high heat and add the bacon and cook, stir it occasionally until it's just starting to get crispy. Then add the peas, spring onion, water and butter and bring the liquid to a boil. Then cover the pan with a lid and cook for one minute. Then remove the lid and cook for another minute allowing the water to reduce and the butter to emulsify with the water. Then add the lettuce and mint and cook for another minute or two then season with salt and pepper. And that's this week's recipe done. I hope you give this one a try, it really is a great one to make with those lovely homegrown peas. Well thank you Scott for that delicious recipe. I've got to say it is absolutely tasty. Scott sent it over to me earlier this week and I was actually able to cook it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I highly, highly recommend giving that a go, especially if you've got lots of peas. Now let's finish off this week down on the allotment with an allotment update. Now I have noticed especially while editing the last couple of podcasts, that this allotment is becoming a lot more noisier. As you know, there was a new road opened alongside my allotment, and now more and more people are discovering the benefits of this road. They are starting to use it. It's certainly making it a lot noisier. And I've got to say, it does sort of tarnish the enjoyment of having an allotment a little. It can be annoying, But this is my allotment. I've got to make the most of it. I want to grow as much food as I possibly can for myself and for my family. On that note, we have got a bit of a a change going on in my family, which means I won't get into the details, but it will mean that I suspect in the future I'm going to have to be growing more food in order to help a family member out. Don't mind it, but it just goes to show for me why it is so important to have this allotment to continue growing food. Now, talking of our food that we have been harvesting, we have had a great amount of harvest this week. We've picked more beans, more tomatoes, potatoes and some onions, all from this allotment here. This hard work that we've been potting in over the last few months is certainly paying off and I think... You know, it just goes to show it is well worth doing. Now, on that note, I've also harvested some currants from the very top of my allotment. But what I did have to do was just trim down my neighbour's plot in order to make it a bit more accessible. 
I still, oh, I did see my neighbours a few weeks ago, but they really have not been here. So what I ended up doing, I got my strimmer out and tried cutting their grass. It didn't really cut it. So instead I got my hedge trimmer out and I went to town and I chopped down a lot of the stuff that they seem to have. So it made it a bit easier for me to access my currents. I don't know how they felt about it. I don't know if they've seen it, but it was for my own pet benefit, to be honest. I am finding that where I've laid a wood mulch along the bottom of these current bushes and all the other bushes here, it has made a difference. Now, I've recently noticed we've had another delivery of wood chip to our allotment site. And I thought this was part of the allotment arrangement. However, it transpires that the allotment committee don't actually know where it's coming from. So it's free for anybody to use. So I'm going to be making more use of it and pulling it to a lot of use. Now I have been trying to trim my grass areas as well. Again, just using my strimmer. The strimmer does seem to do it, but it's just got so thick with the rain over the last few weeks that the lawnmower itself just won't cope with it. So I'm going to have to wait for it just to dry out a little bit before I attack it with a lawnmower. Hopefully that won't be too long. Either that, I'm going to have to spend a long time down here with a lawnmower in order to try and tackle it and just keep changing the batteries regularly as they burn out a lot quicker. However, on another positive note, I actually emptied one of my compost bins. Now, this was one of the cone compost bins that I filled up probably a couple of years ago now, and I left to one side, and I never actually got around to emptying the compost. Well, this week I decided just to lift it up and start shoveling that compost onto one of the beds in order to start mulching it. The compost itself was a really lovely good mix of broken down material it smelt really sweet and lovely so I knew we were onto a good thing and I've put this onto an empty bed as the no dig principle just in order to start getting that bed ready for more growing this is the plan as beds become empty we throw down more compost and then we plant into that now, with empty spaces on that note starting to appear more on the allotment, I am still quickly filling them with many other plants. Now, this could be some of the seeds that we sowed last week, the beans and the French beans, just in order to pot those into use. But also, other areas, we're still sticking in things like lettuces, spinach, any of our other little seedlings that we may have that just need somewhere to live. And this is just meaning that my bed's are still being put to use. They are still being productive, which is ultimately what I want. And it's also about making the most use of every bit of space for a really successful and productive allotment. It certainly does seem to be paying off. That's all I can say. Well, that is it for this week's allotment update. And this is also brings us to the end of this week's podcast. I really do hope you have enjoyed it. Please do leave us a review on your podcast provider if you have felt there's some value out of this podcast. Now, I cannot stress just how important leaving a review is for us. 
Added to that, if you have really felt some value out of this podcast and want to help support the work that we do and keep the podcast going, please consider becoming a supporting member. I spoke about this earlier on in the podcast, but please do consider becoming a supporting member. Details on that at theveggrowpodcast.co.uk. Now, don't forget, you can get in touch. You can visit theveggrowpodcast.co.uk and click on the Speak Pipe to leave us a voicemail. It's very simple to do. You click the button, you leave a voicemail. Under 90 seconds, it emails me the voicemail and then I can play it on in future podcasts. I think it's a great feature to have and I love getting your voices on the podcast. Of course, you can email me as well, richard at theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk if you would like to email me too. Again, I always love hearing from you. Helps me shape the podcast for future episodes as well. And don't forget, you can find us on social media. We've got Facebook, the Facebook group. We've got Twitter. We've got threads. We've got Instagram. We've got TikTok. I think that's all of them, but there's probably more that we are on that I'm forgetting as well. YouTube. Don't forget YouTube. We are on there too. Go check us out on those channels to keep updated with some more of our updates. Well, that is it for this week. So until next time, please take care.